You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Always Moto Podcast with your host, David Hogan. We talk moto events from around the world. All the injuries, all the training ins and outs, the bikes, parts and gear inspections, the results. We interview your favourite riders. It's the Always Moto Podcast. We occasionally have some coarse language and the odd stuff up along the way. If you don't like it or you don't agree with us, turn it off right now. I'd like to remind you that he is not a doctor. That's right, Moto fans. I'm not a doctor, but I am a physiotherapist, and this is episode 73 of the Always Moto podcast. As always, I'm your host, David Hogan. Thanks for joining us here in the Always Moto podcast studios. This is the Always Moto podcast. We are in the depths of the clinic throwing strapping tape anywhere it will stick. As always on the show, we're going through all things moto, particularly the injuries in our sport, because hashtag injuries are a part of moto. This week on the show, we'll be talking round one of the Super Motocross playoffs that is happening this weekend at ZMAX Dragway in Concord, North Carolina. We'll also have the emergency department for round one, as well as a wrap-up of the motocross series injury stats. But as always, bringing you the show today is Comp Edge Performance. Are you looking to take your performance to the next level? You should be. Competitive Edge Performance is the go-to provider of strength and conditioning programs, sports nutrition, and on-bike coaching schools for athletes of all levels. Whether you're just starting out or a seasoned pro, they've got you covered, offering in-person sessions and top-notch online programs accessible anywhere, anytime through their awesome training app. Competitive Edge Performance believes everyone deserves access to the best training and performance methods so you can ride faster and safer and feel damn good doing it. With over 10 years of industry experience and plenty more of personal on-track racing experience, their coaches know what it takes to succeed. Join Competitive Edge Performance today. Always Moto Podcast listeners, you can get a 50% off of your first month on their training app using the code Comp Edge Coach. That's C O M P E D G E C O A C H, all in capital letters. And you'll get that discount with Comp Edge Coaching. All right. And also bringing us to show a Slantboard guy. As always, we have that affiliate deal in place and they have a 10% discount for Always Moto podcast listeners. Use the code Always Moto in lowercase at checkout to save with Slantboard guy. And endurance recovery boots. Be recovered for those training sessions. Get that pressure system there on the legs and make you feel a lot better. Use the code ALWAYSMOTO in lowercase to check out uh, at checkout to save with endurance recovery boots. And tech 167 3D printing. Need something super cool for your bike? Maybe it's just that oil filter funnel, uh, that funnel that we talk about all the time that screws into the oil filler cap. Uh, use the code ALWAYSMOTO at checkout to save. I'm not sure, but I think their site's still down. Uh, just send them a message direct and let them know that you're an Always Podcast listener and you'll get a discount with Tech 167 3D Printing. As always, we need some show support direct. And if you're able to, we'd love you to purchase a T-shirt from Always Moto. Their shirts are $25 plus postage and handling. And we want you to rock that shirt at your next race to spread the love of the Always Moto podcast. Email us at info at alwaysmoto.com. Put T-shirt order in the subject line. And we'll get in touch about sizings, delivery, all those got of good stuff. And payment is via PayPal. 
Now, speaking of PayPal, send us a donation to the Always Moto podcast um, to keep us going and help us get to the next races. Um, all donations are very welcome. Please jump onto that site there uh, and give us a donation to support the show. To find all of our supporters and to be able to do those donations, follow the links in the show notes or in the bios or in our bios on the social channels. All right, enough with the intro talk. Let's jump into the show. Hey, I'm Bubba Pauly from the MadParts.com Kawasaki Supercross Race Team, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. All right, guys and girls, it's Super Motocross time. It's playoff time. That's what they want you to hear and see. Uh, they want you to be hyped for playoffs in motocross and supercross. They've joined them together this year. And, yeah, it's awesome. They've got this sort of extra three race rounds with some prize money up for grabs. But uh, as for calling it the World Super Motocross Series, I'm not there. Uh, I'm an Aussie. I realize that there's more to the world than the, than the American National Series. But, anyway... It's awesome to see the races happening. We've got some new tracks designed, some new formats coming. And obviously, yes, playoffs in the sense that not everybody and anybody can enter this. You have to have um, had to have achieved a certain number of points or been phoned by the AMA to fill in for an LCQ gap, it seems. Uh, obviously, injuries have played a big part in this year's uh, competition. And unfortunately, not everybody who made that top 30 is available to race for various reasons, but injury being uh, a culprit in, in a lot of the cases, which we'll go through here in a little bit later on. Now, the points coming into these rounds, they're split up, obviously, for 250 and 450 class. In the 450s, Chase Sexton is coming into this as the number one seed with, surprisingly, Aaron Plessinger in number two seed, which is awesome for AP. He's just obviously shown a bit of consistency this year being at most of these rounds. He only missed a couple there towards the end of the Supercross series. Uh, but otherwise, he scored reasonably well uh, and has had a very consistent season. So he's in a good position heading into this Super Motocross playoff. And surprisingly, not surprisingly, he's coming into this actually in good form. He's recovered from that back injury that he'd been struggling with from sort of just before Redbud which we interviewed him about at the Red Bud in our post-race interview. So if you go back and listen to that, you'll hear some information about that. But he's actually on the up from his fitness and you know injury point of view. He's not hampered by those things. So hopefully he will have a solid uh, couple of weekends here and make a fair bit of money from it. Now, interestingly enough, the third seed in the 450 class is Jet Lawrence. Despite only doing 450 outdoors, that perfect season has helped him move way, way up the list into third overall. Now, as we go back through this list, there's only 19 riders that are going to be on the line as preceded top 20s for the 450. The one that's missing is, unfortunately, Eli Tomac, and injury is preventing him from being a part of this series. In terms of the LCQ riders, they've had to go back and find a lot of guys that are filling this in. Uh, and it's going to be guys like uh, Philip Nicoletti, Kevin Morans, Justin Starling, Josh Cartwright, Jerry Robin, Jeremy Hand, Bryce Shelley, Jace Kessler, and Max Miller are going to be filling this up as per the press release that is sent through from Super Motocross uh, that I've got here in front of me. Now, the guys that are going to be missing out on that from injury, we're going to run through here in a little bit. Uh, but over on the 250 side of things, not surprisingly, Hunter Lawrence has been the number one qualifier for this Super Motocross playoff series Hayden Deegan actually as a rookie is in second which has been an awesome thing for him Levi Kitchens in third and only just into third he managed to jump over RJ Hampshire after RJ had to miss those final couple of rounds there of the motocross series due to a concussion now the other guys that are on this list are obviously all making their way through there's only 18 that are going to be preset from the top 20 
One of which is missing out is obviously uh, Jet Lawrence. He's made, he's opted to do the four fifties, probably well and good, going perfect season, and he's got a chance to make more money in the four fifties if he wins that outright than he does the two fifties. So that is one of the positions that is missing here as well. Um, one rider who, and, and then there's some riders on this list that are obviously in the LCQ side of things that you might not be aware of, but they're going to be a part of it. Uh, that's Chris Blows, Derek Kelly, Cullen Park. Austin Faulkner has scraped in on these unseated LCQ side of things. Cody Shock, Preston Kilroy, Joshua Freeze, uh, Michael Hicks, Hunter Yoda, and Luke Neese. Uh, Luke will be pumped to be a part of that. We spoke to him a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about World Supercross. Uh, he'll be riding that Club MX Yamaha, which will be a good fit and good practice for him leading into those next few rounds, depending on what happens with World Supercross as well. Uh, but yeah, awesome to see him on the list. Now, in terms of the guys that are racing, riders that are confirmed for Z-Max Dragway this weekend, um, who's out? Cameron McAdoo is out. He obviously had that shoulder injury uh, when a bike that he was testing didn't go so well and ejected him. Uh, he had that shoulder reconstruction. He's back on the bike, yes, but he's only been back on for about two to three weeks now. Not physically ready, not cleared to be racing, so he's out. Christian Craig is out as well from the 450s. He had that uh, dislocated hip and dislocated and fractured elbow. The elbow has had issues. He's had three surgeries on that. The radial head never recovered, never regenerated. Uh, he had ended up having that removed. And he is back on the bike also, but also not fit enough, not medically cleared to be racing. Eli Tomac is also on this list. Obviously had that ACL rupture at the end of Supercross that made him uh, lose out that title because he couldn't complete the final two races. Uh, but he is also not ready. As an interview that he did when they were talking about gear releases or Yamaha releases, when he's re-signed with Star Racing, he's not expected to be back on the bike until late October, early November. So he is nowhere near ready to be even riding, let alone racing. So Eli Tomac is out. Jeremy Martin is one that has gone MIA since his injury. Unfortunately, he had a nasty wrist injury there at Hangtown at the, towards the beginning of the motocross series. Nobody's really seen or heard from him since. He's not ready, not racing. He will be, won't be back until 2024. Nate Thrasher is another one that's not going to be there. He's out still. He's on the road back, but he's a long way from riding and racing just yet. He Reminder, he had that dislocated hip, and he also was carrying that ACL tear that he had throughout that Supercross season there for the most part of it. He had that repaired after he dislocated his hip. He is on that That is the part that is holding him back at this stage, but he has been seen cycling on his social media channel, so things are working towards the right direction for Nate Thrasher. And the last one who was out on this list is Lorenzo Lacurcio. Lorenzo was going really well in the motocross series there with his Wildcat racing team. We spoke to Lorenzo before the season. Things were looking really good for him. We spoke to him at Redbud. He was going really well. But shortly after that, he had a crash. I believe it was Southwick. Uh, Re-injured the same shoulder he had repaired, but in a different manner. Had to have another surgery done. So... Unfortunately, Lorenzo is still recovering from that shoulder surgery and will not be a part of the Super Motocross playoff. Interestingly, of the 60 possible riders that they want to have on the grid for these two classes here for Super Motocross, uh, the only rider that hasn't been racing at the moment that is making a return for it 
is Jordan Smith. Jordan Smith on that star racing Yamaha 250 bike went out partway through the motocross season with a torn ulnocolateral ligament in his thumb, which is otherwise known as a skier's thumb injury. Uh, he has actually been back uh, on the bike training, like cycling, riding, all that sorts of things. He will be back on the grid this weekend. Um, so he's the only one making a return. Now, the other thing we wanted to cover here with this super motocross um, you know, 30 guys possible. They're not going to quite have 30 given that there's uh, one short and two short in the top 20s for the 450 and 250 class respectively. Uh, I want to know what they're going to do because there's going to be injuries throughout this series. My stats prove that. Through Supercross, we had nearly four injuries per round. In, in Motocross, we haven't had quite as many. It's been much lower. We only had 42 total across the season, so we're only... We're in that low range there per round, but we always have an injury per round. Now, obviously, yes, we're reducing the number of riders at the round, so that could reduce the number of potential injuries. But we're still likely to have injuries at these rounds. If we do have an injury or two or three or four, who are these promoters going to be calling to fill the LCQ grid at round two? And even worse, if it happens again for round three, this list could be very different come round three. Will there be differences, but I'm wondering if because we are having the highest of high elite guys um, with less guys on the track in terms of uh, Bs and C qualifying sessions, uh, maybe there's more time in the program to rework the track and maintain the track. There's not as many lappers on track. Will this mean that there is less incidents? Are the higher level elite guys going to have better control and not be the ones crashing as often? And maybe we get through this whole series without seeing an injury. I'd be surprised. I'd fall off this chair if that's the case. But there is that chance that these high level guys are the ones that won't be the ones you know, getting injured. Uh, so we'll have to see how this all plays out. But I'm very interested to see if we do have a couple injuries at round one. What the hell the promoters do for round two? And if it gets worse at round two, what are they going to do at round three? Are they just going to end up dropping the LCQ? Or, you know, even worse, what like what happens if those one of those injuries is from that top 20 guys there that are preceded into the main events? Are we all of a sudden down to 15 and they just start taking all 10 from the LCQ? I don't know. I haven't read the rule book that well. I don't think they know. They're going to find this out as they go. We're going to be reporting on it throughout the Super Motocross World Series. World Series. I, you hear it too many times, you just say it automatically, but it's not a World Series. It's a national championship. But anyway, moving on. All right, let's take a quick break here and we'll be back. We're going to have a little run through after the break of the AMA injury stats uh, across this 2023 season that was 11 rounds here in the AMA Series. We'll be back shortly. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm Devin Harriman. I'm number 97, and I've been racing Supercross in the States, and I will be racing some outdoors. All right, guys and girls, we are back. Let's get into these uh, injury stats from the AMA MX series in 2023. Now, we go through this as a bit of a wrap-up after each and every series since we've started this Always Moto podcast. So if you want to go back and find those stats from Supercross, last year's Motocross, last the previous year's Supercross, Check them out. They're in our archives there on the podcast side of things. You might find one of those videos on YouTube as well. 
we've got an injury overload video there on the our YouTube channel. So you should head over there and subscribe. If you haven't found our channel there, it's worth checking out. Trust me, it's pretty good. Now, let AMA stats this year uh, for the MX only. So across the 11 rounds, we had 42 injuries. Now, that's 3.8 injuries per round, so that's reasonably high. It's comparative to most of the other series that we've had on record, except the Supercross series this year just gone. Uh, so it was much higher. Now, check that out on, on the archives. You'll find those numbers. I'm not going to give them all away here. I want you to look for this stuff. I want you to have a bit of a – go back through our catalogue, subscribe to our channels, find that other information. Now, of those 42 injuries, 20 of those injuries were in the 450 class – 22 of those were in the 250 class. Now, we're going to go through and split this up over the what part of the day, the motos, uh, and what types of main injuries were occurring as well. So stick with us here. 74% of those injuries occurred on race day. 26% occurred uh, in training or in non-AMA events. Uh, so they might have been like those Thursday night uh, races before Washougal, um, other things, etc. 39% occurred in Moto 1, 45% occurred in Moto 2s, and 13% of these injuries occurred during practice or qualifying, and only 3% occurred in the LCQ race. Now, of all of these injuries, 24% were fractures. Now, that could be a fractured arm, leg, rib, whatever it was. Any bone fracture counts into this section, so 24%. 12% were concussions which is a staggering number. Um, it's not good. It just shows that that whole bit that I carry on about on the show quite often about the concussion protocols and maybe helmet safety needing to be improved still stands true. Uh, 7% were dislocations, so that could be shoulder, a finger, a hip, whatever it was. There was 7% were dislocations. 5% were ACL injuries. Now, that's actually not too bad, uh, but it's still not good. 19% though, 19% were non-specific injury locations. Now, if I'm going to be a little bit open here on this one, I think this non-specific injury location, because I saw a couple of these injuries that occurred that then didn't get a label as a diagnosis put on them, I think this is the new code for the hiding from a concussion protocol. I could be wrong, but it's just something that I noticed. If you watched a couple of the crashes, and I'm not going to name names here because I don't want to get anybody in trouble um, but if you go back and watch a couple of crashes that didn't have any anything come out about them, they tend to have a head impact along the way early in the process. Now, you can obviously, as you crash, you're going to bounce your head on the ground at some point, but usually it's that first or second contact point that causes a concussion because that's when most of the speed of the crash is transferred through the helmet into your head and brain. On the third, by the time the third impact has occurred, you've slowed down enough. You're usually not getting a cushion on the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever bounce it is that it comes to that your helmet finally touches the ground. We're only usually worried about the first or the second contact points. But if you watch them, they were the first things that impacted the ground. Uh, and they also then, you know, potentially laid there a little bit longer, maybe had a little bit of a different stance when they got up. Uh, we didn't obviously see all of these things and probably not all of them fit in this category. But I feel like it's just something that's going on here as a way of dodging that. 
And that's where I keep coming back to the fact that I would like to see some sort of independent review going on with these for somebody watching the coverage and going, hey, we need to do a test on that person and they need to prove that they can pass that test before they go out for the next session. And that should be something that the AMA is implementing in 2024, but I doubt it. I bet you none of them are even listening to this. All right, now of all of that injury information there, it's not easy to be completely accurate with these stats, particularly in the motocross series. There are a lot of entrants into these events. There is something like 90, capped at 90 entrants per class per round. So not every single one of these injuries is going to be televised. It's not going to be publicized. And potentially, when I've gone to check back through the results and all the different timesheets, and I go to that person's social media channel, they haven't put anything on there for a couple of years. So they're not posting about their injuries either. So as much as I try to keep the best accurate records that I can, these are incomplete. So don't take this as gospel, but know this. This is the best you're going to get on injury information in our sport. Nobody else that I know of is doing this type of stats recording and then reporting it to you like like any other stat in the industry. So, you know, if you think Fowler's facts and he's, you know, how many laps somebody's led in a race day, he can do that quite easily. He can watch the race, count it. He gets the AMA result sheets. It's on there. That's easy to do. This isn't, right? I'm not trying to make excuses for any of these numbers. I'm just trying to point out to you guys that these won't be completely accurate. But if we're going off the fact that nobody else is doing it and we're keeping some sort of track of it, this is an improvement for our sport. So I'm trying to point out that this is worthwhile. I hope that you guys and girls out there listening to this appreciate the fact that we're bringing this information to you and that you're letting other people know about the Always Moto podcast and that they should be listening to it as well. We might say that here I'm pioneering in this area, uh, which isn't a bad thing. Somebody's got to do it, and I hope that it brings some information to light. I hope that somebody out there at a gear company hears this information and reaches out to me and finds out about what they could be doing to improve their safety gear. Maybe it's the AMA that reaches out and asks about the, my ideas around the concussion protocol. That would be fantastic. That's something that I'm passionate about. Hopefully we can get something happening with that in the future. Obviously, we're going to be, want to be a part of more of these races in the future, and that comes back to some of those things we say in the intro about our sponsors and our donations to the to the Always Moto PayPal account to keep us getting to these races so we can talk to more of these people about these things and also get these stats more and more accurate. All right, enough of the rant on the soapbox there. A little bit of Dave's diatribe popping into that one, but... Uh, you know, this is the stats that have been for 2023 AMA Motocross. Uh, let's take another quick break here on the Always Moto podcast and we'll be back with more. This is Derek Kelly and you're listening to the Always Moto podcast. All right, guys and girls, we are back. Thanks for sticking around on the Always Moto podcast. A little bit of a shorter show this week. No interviews, no no uh, contractor, just the stats. Just looking ahead to that uh, round one of the Super Motocross playoff series here at uh, North Carolina at the dragway. It should be an interesting round. Now, just some housekeeping things that I want to make you guys aware of before we get out of here. Uh, if you haven't already, guys and girls, you should be checking out our YouTube channel. We have a lot of content going up there. We have some shorts. We have some longer segment videos on there. We need your subscriptions um, to, to, the, to the channel. We need your likes on the videos 
because uh, it's all helping us build a bit more of a platform that is going to get you guys more and more content that's interesting from us here at Always Moto. So please jump onto our YouTube channel, just search Always Moto, you'll find us, follow it, subscribe, whatever it is that you do, subscribe to a channel, don't you, these days. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, watch some videos, like some of them, uh, you know, share them onto your social channels. It helps me and all of the Always Moto crew here immensely get this thing happening further and further for you. Same for the podcast. If you're listening, make sure you subscribe to the feed or following us, whatever it is that your favorite podcast player does. Uh, and if you want to hear us on a different platform, let me know and we'll get it over onto that if we're not already there. All right. Don't forget to check out our written articles too, fullnoise.com.au. Our latest one is our Force Accessories custom clutch cover article. Check it out. You should get one for your bike. You can pretty much put any design you want on the side cover there, on that clutch cover. Um, they look absolutely wicked i love our one that they've the force guys have done up for us with the always moto logo on it it looks absolutely sick um chelsea over there at force did a great job she's awesome uh she does all the design work there so yeah get in touch with force accessories and get yourself one of those but check out the article there on fullnoise.com.au that's it for another show guys and girls uh we'll be back again next week with a show recapping what's happened happened at that opening round uh we'll also be looking ahead we'll be talking more about our liat gear that we've got from the guys at white's moto uh, which are the australian distributor for liat gear uh, we've had some of that gear we're running it at the moment we've got had it on the new shirko we've had it in that video for the force guys as well for the clutch covers so you should check all those things out the 2024 line is pretty impressive uh, i'm actually quite impressed with the helmet and the boots and even their wrist brace i'm a wrist brace guy i have to i've had an old injury there surprise surprise we're on a show talking about injuries i've had injuries as many of you listeners might know from recently but my wrist injury is something not from that recent had our crash that was only just over 12 months ago now um, this is something that's been with me for about uh, what was it 2005 so about 18 years now um, that i've been dealing with this wrist and i've been wearing a brace ever since and it actually this liat one is quite surprising it's similar to a mobius uh, but different in a few different ways but it's quite impressive as well so we'll have some more on this stuff coming here shortly so check that out in the coming show uh, and some coming youtube videos here as well thanks to the fan oh, we didn't do fantasy fantasy league's over we're just going to run through that i was going to run through those things but we don't need to Thanks to the for the show support to Competitive Edge Performance, Slamboard Guy, Endurance Recovery Boots, and Tech 167 3D Printing. Uh, thanks to you guys and girls for listening. Remember, you've got to be smooth to be fast because if you're not, I'll probably be seeing you deep in the emergency department, maybe even the clinic, having strapping tape thrown wherever it sticks. <laughs>